25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Welcome into the show. It is Thursday. I am Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Say it with me. Farm Bureau, go! (laughs) With the home team. And everybody down the hall just jumped out of their seats. Happy to be uh, with you on this Thursday. We've got football to watch tonight. It is going to be one of the better Thursday night games that you're going to get all year long tonight in the NFL. It's Eagles at Packers. The Eagles are visiting the Cheeseheads. Eagles and Packers. Okay, so it's two, like, blue blood places. Old classic, you know, both, I say, you know, recent, fairly recent Super Bowl wins, right? Rodgers has gotten one of the Packers and of course, they got one a few years ago, a couple of years ago, when Nick Foles came in and pulled him out of the fire and saved the day. And I, I can't wait to watch, honestly. You know, it's it's great. I, I As much as I enjoy being a part of the radio broadcast crew for Mississippi State games and seeing those and being there at every game, home and away, that's great. Love it. But it does take you, for me anyway, it takes me away from being able to be the the, the fan of watching four or five college games every weekend like you get to do, I'm actually jealous of that. There may be people out there who are jealous of what I get to do. I'm jealous that there are people who get to watch 10 different college games every Saturday if that's what they choose to do. So the NFL thing for me is like I, I'm full-on fan when it comes to NFL stuff. And we're going to put that on display for you here in about, oh, three to five minutes where if everything goes according to plan and the phones work, we're going to chat with Deuce McAllister. Deuce! Former Saints running back. Former Ole Miss running back. On Twitter, he's McAllister 26 26 was his number that he wore for the Saints. And we're going to talk uh, Saints-Cowboys. I'm just telling you, this is a great weekend of NFL football. It's a great weekend of college football in the SEC. The top 25 is not. I don't know if you've looked at this or not. Roger, how in the world do we get to week five of the college football season and we have quite literally one game that involves teams where they're both ranked in the top 25? One. Well, I take it back. There's two. Okay, there's two. Fine. We got two games in the entire country, two games that involve ranked teams against each other. And those just happen to be, both played at 2.30, one on Fox, and it's USC at Washington. <laughs> Number 21. Ooh, yeah, yeah, woohoo. Yeah, we catch that. Here's my sound effect for that one. 
21st ranked USC at 17th ranked Washington. And then the other one's at 2.30. Get ready, folks. <laughs> On NBC, 18th ranked Virginia at 10th ranked Notre Dame. Again. I mean, come on. Out of all, it's week five. See, and this is an example of why the NFL is king. And the, in college football, as it stands right now, will never catch the NFL. In terms of viewership and ratings and interest across the country. There's one thing you can't do about it. There's only The one thing we can't do about it is the fact there's only 32 NFL teams and there's 127-something Division I football teams in college football. But every week in the NFL, year to year, there's parity. The worst become first and the first become worst, it seems like, outside of the Patriots. But like, hey, look, Cleveland's interesting, and they've been horrible for how long? But they're interesting. The Detroit Lions, who last place, all this, go into Philadelphia this past weekend and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure did. And now the best team in the NFL, yeah, I said it, the Chiefs. My Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. They are better on offense than the Patriots. They're not better on defense than the Patriots, but let me have some fun with this, okay? The Chiefs, the best team in the NFL, are hosting those same Lions. I'm you, sorry. They, you, they, love, you love saying that, don't you? Yeah, I like saying it. I've you know, repeated you it. You want to hear other people say it too, don't you? Yeah, well, you have to go a long <laughs> way to find it. i got to hang out with Rob J to get somebody else to say it. There you go. And anyway, the Chiefs are at the Lions. The Lions are 2-0 after beating the Eagles. And the Chiefs are 3-0. I mean, every week in the NFL, there's just great games all over the place. The interest skyrocket. It's week five of college football, and we have one in our neck of the woods, but two overall. One's way out west in the entire country that involves ranked teams playing each other. College football scheduling and the whole makeup, it's got to change. It's run its course the way it is. It's got to change. All right, it's time for us to get Deuce McAllister on the phone. Y'all know Deuce. He is um, now the color analyst for the New Orleans Saints on the radio. And this is a huge game on Sunday night. Sunday night football on NBC with, who is it? Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Cowboys 3-0, Saints 2-1 after they went on the road. I think what we're seeing is, like, it's basically even, pick them, whatever you want to call it. Maybe the Cowboys just slightly favored, depending on where you look, right around a field goal or less. Let's see. On ESPN's website here, it says Dallas minus 2.5. Dak playing lights out so far this year. They did not have a good first half in that game against Miami. But came out in the third quarter, just blew the doors off. Miami's really bad. And it is true. You know, Dallas hasn't played a good team. And I got news for you. Saints are a good team. And not all road trips in the NFL are equal. Cowboys played on the road at Washington. That is nothing. It's not even the same universe as having to play on the road in the Dome in New Orleans. So, <laughs> just get ready. There will be Cowboys fans there, but it's a whole different deal in the Dome. All right, so let's do this. Let's jump into it right now. Deuce is loose. He will score. Touchdown, Ole Miss. 80 yards. 
Saints threaten once more to the cries of Deuce, Deuce, Deuce. They throw it out in the left flat to him. Makes a move. Five. Touchdown, Deuce McAllister. Deuce is doing it all. On the Divinity Equipment phone, Deuce. The deuce is loose on your radio. Hey, Deuce, thanks for some time on a Thursday, man. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, huge game on uh, Sunday night. You know, national primetime deal on NBC, Sunday night football. What do you think, as you just kind of glance at it, let's just start off with just kind of basic overall thoughts on this matchup, Saints and Cowboys, in your evaluation. What do we think we're going to see on Sunday night? Which team can get to the quarterback? Which team can basically um, stop the run? You know, the Cowboys have been outstanding at running the football. The Saints uh, have run it at times well. But, you know, which team can really get after the quarterback, whether you're talking about Bridgewater or Taysom Hill and obviously uh, Dak Prescott? You know, and and you've obviously scouted Dak and the Cowboys and watched him play a little bit this year. What's your impression? I mean, because numbers through the roof, and yes, they played some bad defenses, but what's your impression, evaluation of that Cowboys offense right now? You still have to go out and execute regardless of who you're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the one thing that you see that Dak, he's comfortable. And I think that's probably the biggest thing with Kellen Moore taking over as far as the offensive coordinator. He is putting him in positions to be successful, and, and Dak is making those plays. And so when when you have confidence – uh, that your coordinator is going to you know, call plays that favor your your abilities as far as a player, then, you know, you tend to be pretty successful. And so uh, they do run him a little bit as far as quarterback design runs. But, I mean, whether you're talking about read option pass, the quick slant, uh, some play action uh, off of a Zeke or Pollard um, fake and be able to hit the post or a go route, they're doing a little bit of everything. And so you can tell that he has a very, very good rhythm right now, and he's comfortable in the system. Yeah, and Deuce, you said that word rhythm. Like – He's year four, and you watch him, and the ball just seems to be like regularly coming out on time. Like he's got a really good grasp of the timing in the offense. And you've been there. What can you say to kind of speak to the importance of that in the NFL and how a lot of quarterbacks, they make it to year four, they just make that next step? Well, the game is completely slowed down, and there are not a lot of defenses that you haven't seen at this point, even if it's a late rotation by safety or you get a corner to bail out. You still know where you want to go with the football, and I think that's just the snaps that he's taking and then having the right answers as far as the play calls. Okay, they're taking away my number one. I know right now I'm going to my second option, and if that isn't there, then I'm checking the ball down. Sure. So he's processing it so so quick and so fast that you know that, that that's why I said it would be which defensive line can disrupt you know the quarterback. I mean because that that's the only thing that you're gonna uh, be able to do as far as to slow him down. You want to make him move off of his spot where he's not comfortable, and that that's really both quarterbacks. You know you talk about Bridgewater making his first home start uh, this year. You, you have to be able to affect him. I mean because if he's just if he has to be a game manager, he can do that. You have to put pressure on him to say, okay, no, we're taking away option one. Can you find option two and three? Sure. Deuce McAllister on your radio right now. Former Ole Miss running back, former Saints uh, All-Pro. He's in the Saints Hall of Fame, and he's on your radio. Follow him on Twitter at dmcallister26. So 
Saints are coming off. You're coming off this win at Seattle. It's just the third game of the year. It puts you at two and one, all that kind of stuff. But given Deuce that it was after the Drew Brees injury, how big was that? Like in the grand scheme, I know it's early, but how huge was that win at Seattle? Well, it was huge because you didn't want to go on a, a road trip. That was a two-game road trip where you lost to the Rams uh, and you lose Drew Brees, and then you're, you're you're confronted with the prospects of you know losing to Seattle and you're 0 and 2, uh, which which wouldn't have been too bad as far as on the road trip. But you know you would only have one win, and then you're playing a very very tough opponent uh, at home, being the Dallas Cowboys. So if you don't win that Seattle game. You're possibly staring at one and three. And so the one thing that they had harped on this whole offseason was trying to start fast and trying to make sure that they didn't put themselves in that, you know, one and three hole or oh and two and trying to dig back out of it to get back in the race where you have to win seven, eight, nine in a row. And, you know, uh, now you're talking about having to do it, obviously, without Drew Brees. So it, it gets even tougher. And I think that's why it was so important. You know, you look at Seattle, they were 15-0 and 0 in September. You know, they were off to a hot start. You know, in my opinion, I think they're a good team. But I, I kind of question even some of the teams that they've played. Um, you know, I think it's more of a past history deal with them. But it's a tough venue to play in as well. And so you're starting a rookie center. You have a quarterback that hadn't started a meaningful game in four years. Uh, just a lot going on, and to be able to pull it off and really get it was a, it, it was a full team effort. I mean, special teams as well as your defense put points on the board. That took so much pressure off of the offense, where it, you know allowed them to be able to just go out and just really play. Sure, Deuce, you you touched on the first thing you said was uh, getting to the opposing quarterback is is a key in this game, and and. Therefore, obviously, the onus on offensive lines and, and pass pro and, and quarterbacks being able to read blitz, but pass protection. So when you look at offensive line versus defensive line both ways in this game, which team has an advantage there? That is going to be the biggest question. Right now, Dallas, they have their two – starters as far as defensive tackles more than likely are going to be out and if that's the case I know the Saints feel that they have to be able to run the ball uh, when they don't they they don't have their two starters in there as yeah. far as defensive tackles are concerned and so I would put both of those offensive line uh, as far as top five mm -hmm. in the NFL so you know I really would call that a wash as far as those units it's going to be who's healthy on a defensive line the Saints have been able to get get after the quarterback with Cam Jordan and um you know, Trey Hendrickson, they've been able to get after the quarterback and, you know, obviously uh, Davenport as well. They they had nine sacks going into, you know, week three. So they've been able to get after the quarterback. The one thing that Dallas hadn't done, they're, they're, they're getting to the quarterback, you know, hitting them, but they haven't been able to create the, the turnovers yet. So that's where they beat up New Orleans last year. I thought they won the line of scrimmage. Sure. Deuce McAllister on your radio right now. He's in the Saints Hall of Fame. He's a color analyst now on their radio broadcasts, and you can listen on Sunday night as it'll be Cowboys at Saints in the Dome. You know, quarterbacks, so a lot of the national conversation, it's obviously Teddy Bridgewater and what a story, and Dak Prescott and your four or contract, all this. Quarterbacks always get way too much praise. They do get too much blame at times. And Deuce, I think that we may watch the game, and the real stars of the game are the running backs on either side. I've, you know, Ezekiel Elliott on one side and Alvin Kamara on the other. They may be the best two running backs in the NFL. Do you see that 
what I'm seeing also is that could really those two guys could be the key to this game. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, the Saints can't allow Zeke to be able to run, you know, for 150 or you, you, you want to keep him right at 100 or, or under 100. And that's going to be a tall task because normally to be able to do that, you can't just put seven guys in the box and the Saints haven't truly wanted to commit eight guys to the box. And so if that's going to be the case, you're going to have one-on-ones outside or they're going to roll coverage to Coop. Uh, but, you know, right now in Dallas, they don't, they won't have Gallup, their speed receiver. They do have, um, some other guys that can run, but, you know, it'll make him not have that, that blanket. So it's, it's an intriguing matchup. You know, last year, the Cowboys, the Cowboys were able to take, uh, Alvin really out of the game. I think, well, I know he only had 36 receiving and 36, uh, rushing yards. And, and for the Saints to be successful, he's got to be north as far as total yards of at least 120. You know, for them to have, uh, in my opinion, an honest shot, he's got to be at least north of 120 in total yardage. Sure. Deuce, uh, you played all those years in the NFL, and now you're still with the team and taking these road trips. You just went to Seattle, a tough place to play. If you were to start stacking them up at the top five or so places that are the hardest places to go on the road in the NFL, if it's Kansas City, Seattle, when they're good and passionate, um, others – where do the Saints in the Dome on a Sunday night like this, where does that stack up against the toughest places to go on the road in the NFL? Top three. I mean, I think you you, you just hit the top two as well as uh, the Superdome. I mean, if the Saints are rolling, that it, it, it is loud. It is going to be a tough venue to play in. And obviously, you, you're, you're playing a rival being the Cowboys. And uh, I, I expect anywhere from ten to 15 to 20,000 Cowboy fans to be in the Dome and It'll be at capacity. I mean, you'll have 70,000 in there, and it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, you talk about Arrowhead, and then you talk about Seattle as one of, you know, probably the most intimidating stadiums and places to play at because of crowd noise. Sure. You know, um, we had the experience of uh, – I'm on the crew for State on the radio, and we played against Louisiana there to open the season. And uh, I couldn't believe how high up we were, and I couldn't believe how cold it was. <laughs> In the top of that dome, man. It, it, do you wear like All a big jacket time. when you're up there in the booth? <laughs> I wear long sleeves, and so most people are like, why? Why do you have a long sleeve? It's 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 you know it's fall. It's still 78 degrees. I said you've never been in the Superdome when they they have the air blasting, and it may not be making it down to the fans, but we get it first glance, and it is cold, and that's why I normally drink my tea and my uh, my coffee, you know, regardless <laughs> of what time the game is, because it's so cold up there. It's cold. I couldn't believe it, you know. And uh, you you look out of the broadcast booth, and over your head, there's nothing but ceiling tiles. It's in the very top of that sucker. <laughs> so, but you'll have a great view of it. Um, this is what is I think makes the NFL number one. It's why the NFL is king among viewership and ratings. Thirty-two teams, and and every week we got multiple. I mean, tonight, uh, Deuce, we're going to sit here and watch the Eagles and the Packers, two blue bloods and really good teams with Super Bowl aspirations on a Thursday night. How do you see that one playing out? Well, that one's going to be interesting. I know the Eagles have been beat up. They've got a couple guys that are banged up. And anytime you're playing on a short week, you can't really practice. You know, most of what they've probably done are all walkthroughs. And, you know, what I've been surprised is really with Rodgers, how he's been uh, really phenomenal with Matt LaFleur taking over. He's always been a really good quarterback. I mean, but even, even state, state, uh, Preston Smith is up there. He's, he's playing outstanding for, for, uh, Green Bay. So I really, I really like Green Bay in that matchup, but, you know, um, 
I would probably with those teams probably lean towards the home team just because, you know, um, the Eagles have one of the top lines in the NFL as well. Right now they don't have a running back that's running the ball consistently. But I think, you know, if, 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 if you had to push me on that, I would probably go with whomever is the home team. And if, if, if that's a wash in that sense, then I would probably go with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was actually. I think Green Bay was a four-point favorite. I was actually a little surprised by that. Just be, it was that low because of the injuries for Philadelphia, and it's in Green Bay. But uh, we certainly can't wait to watch. Hey, Deuce, listen. I know it's a busy week every week this time of year for you. Lots going on. So uh, as always, thanks so much for giving me a little time here today on a Thursday to preview the big game on Sunday. Have a great weekend. We'll be listening. All right, no problem. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. That's Deuce McAllister. Y'all follow him on Twitter at d. McAllister. High points in that conversation are, and, and if you were listening, here are the takeaways. You have two quarterbacks that, you know, the objective on both sides opposite them on defense is get there and hit them. And so, therefore, protecting them is a big deal. You know, it's a team game of that line of scrimmage game. And leading up, yes, so much of the talk is going to be all about Dak and all about Teddy Bridgewater, these quarterbacks, different kinds of paths and stories and storylines going on, all the attention on QB. Maybe the two best players in the game are the two running backs, Ezekiel Elliott on one side and Alvin Kamara on the other, and they're the ones that will be, you know, the piston firing to make that engine go, depending on what those running backs are able to do. Can't wait to watch on Sunday night. Let's talk about it next in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Yeah. The Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, you deal with those guys, men and women, one-on-one. Your insurance agent, you have your cell phone number there, and just call them if you need them. You have a question. You want to check a rate. You want. You have a fender bender. You got to make a claim, a question, no matter when it is. That's the way it ought to be. Call me on the Divini phone. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. Right there at Divini. 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. Also, text the show right there. 885-ESPN. That's the text line. 885-ESPN. Or 885-3776. Here's one from Bates. Bates texts the show, and he says, Matt, it's Thursday, so that means we have to keep the winning streak going. Crank up Sonic Boom! Play a little neck. Well, I have a different one for you. It's Coming to America by the JSU Sonic Boom. Turn it up to 11. Oh, we love him! (laughs) Roll the windows down! Roll the windows down, drive around, and see if anybody gives you their attention. 
Be a one-man parade if you do that. I'm telling you, just have your own parade on a Thursday. Woo! I'm going to hold my heart like Fred Sanford. Good stuff. Thanks for the heads up. Now we got a little energy on the show thanks to Bates' text about the sonic boom. And let's go to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone, Chris hanging on. What's up, Chris? How you doing, Matt? Man, as far as I know, Matt, I'm great. Hey, has anybody has anybody ever told you that your wife kind of sounds like uh, Willie Roberts' wife? I don't know who that is. One of the, uh, the, the bearded people the over there. <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. All right. Willie's the one that wears the, uh, used to wear the American flag bandana, right? Yeah. Okay. So Willie's the headband guy. So he's the younger one. I, I didn't know. I hadn't thought of that. Nobody's ever told me that. I'll have to look it up, though, and see if I can see the, uh, the resemblance. Oh, you'll, you'll hear it. Okay. (laughs) So I got the question. The question I've got, the question I've got for you is, um, if Tommy Stevens plays Saturday, isn't this um, Auburn defense acceptable to the pass? I think I've seen that somewhere. And if they are, if Tommy Stevens is 100% and our line can hold up just long enough to let him get the ball out, do you think that 300 to 350 is out of the question for him? Okay. Passing yards you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, let me say this. My opinion is that a healthy Tommy Stevens, and I could be wrong – Feel free for people to come pile on if I turn out to be wrong. But I believe a healthy Tommy Stevens is capable of stepping onto the field and throwing for 300 yards against anybody on their schedule. Listen, the kid okay. is the kid is really good. He only just showed you just a little bit in a very condensed offensive game plan in the one game that he was fully healthy, and that was against uh, Louisiana in the first one. Then he plays in the first half against Southern Miss before the injury and was lights out throwing the ball until he got exactly. hurt. He was just absolutely perfect. And I, I do think that it is, it's a real shame for him and for this team that he's been hurt because I'm just telling you from watching practice, watching the scrimmages, and then seeing him, what he did, he carries over. You saw his arm you know, strength and everything. He's got a chance to be really good if he can just get healthy um, so, a long way of answering your question, look, if, if they look up tomorrow or even Saturday morning and they are very confident that Tommy Stevens is at about 95%, then they're going to play him, I believe. But if he's not, so. to, if he's not up to that point, though, it's what's best for him and the team long-term, Chris, to sit him against Auburn, give him another week, then you get an all- off week, open date after that, another week to get him ready to go starting with that Tennessee game. Because a 95, 100% healthy Tommy Stevens is hands down, no question, your starting quarterback. Right. And, and the other thing that I wanted to say was is that I think Deuce was right. This game's going to be one in the trenches. Yeah. And the thing that makes me feel good about my Cowboys is we've got our all-pro center back. And in last year's game, we were playing a backup. Uh, left guard and a backup left tackle. We've got our all-pro left tackle back in this game. And then you also, I think the game's going to be won in the receiver battle. Whoever can actually get some passing yards in this game is going to be the winner. And Dallas has, I mean, 
the Saints have a great receiver in Michael Thomas. Yeah, they do. But Dallas has not only a back that they can throw to like like that, but you also have Gallup out, but you have Randall Cobb, mm-hmm. and you have a man in Devin Smith that was a second-round draft pick that has just been hurt his career, yeah. and he showed you what he can do. I mean, I think we have the better receiving core, and I think Dallas is going to win this thing like 38-21. That is just... Dak is just so confident right now. And and if they it don't turn it over, you know, last year's game right. against the Saints in Dallas was all about the turnovers. The early one from Drew Brees kind of got the ball rolling and then a bunch of turnovers for the Saints. And and this year I think that's what it is. One of the two teams is going to turn it over some, and that's your loser in the game. Because both teams are going to score when they don't give the ball away. Um, you know, you said the receivers. Okay, so the Smith kid for Dallas who's stepping in for the injured Michael Gallup He's not the all-around complete package receiver that Michael Gallup is. Okay, Gallup can Gallup can outrun you and get over the top, but he's also bigger body. He can body people up, catch that back shoulder, catch it in the middle. One thing that Smith kid does give you though is he's super duper fast. Okay, he's like super duper over the top of an NFL defense fast, and hey that. I just think in the long run that may be even better for them to have that threat on the field. They and it's so smart of them to figure out a way to give him a throw down the field like that in that Washington game. So now it's on film and the Saints and the Dolphins last week and the Saints this week and everybody who watches the film is going to have to see this kid getting behind the Washington defense and now they're going to have to respect it a little bit. So that was really smarter than to get him that football in that Washington game and put it on film. Well, hey, go Cowboys and Hell State, and have a good weekend for the right. Kansas City Chiefs. We need to be we need to be sixteen and zero when we see y'all now. Hey, listen, seventeen and zero. Was it you that called in and it's said? Coming. Is it was it you that That's told exactly me that? Right. <laughs> yes, I, it's coming. I Kansas know. City and Dallas, it's coming. I feel it too, man. I feel it in my gut. And uh, right I, now, I, look, um, a, a lot of my attention too is on Dallas and on Dak because I like Dak. I'm a Dak fan. But And I can watch all the Dallas games here where I live because they put them on TV. They don't put the Chiefs games on TV, and I don't have direct, so I'm having to watch the Chiefs highlights when it's happening live on the red zone. But, man, we've ne- we've literally never seen anything like what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now. Nobody has ever yeah, done what he is doing. That's right. Hey, you know, the other thing that I keep trying to tell Dallas fans and all these Dak haters, is the man has never the man has never had a true number one receiver, and now he's got three. That's right. He's got three number one receivers. Hey, I mean, it, and, it and, he didn't have a true number one. And look, abracadabra! Lo and behold, now the ball's coming out on time, and he's really confident. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? Hey, Chris. That's right. Great phone have call. A good day and you too, man. See ya. See ya. Over and out. Patrick Mahomes. The. The first 20 games of his career has thrown 60 touchdown passes. That's more than the all-timers before him. Dan Marino and Kurt Warner threw 47 in their first 20 games. And prior to Mahomes, they had the most. <laughs> He's got 13 more than them in the first 20 games. It's just incredible. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
<laughs> That's a good sound, isn't it? Me uh, swinging my microphone around here to talk into it, and the thing goes, makes it. You, know you know how I love that. Roger my just fa- loves it. My favorite. He just <laughs> loves it when you're knocking around on the microphone and giving him all these sounds you're not supposed to have. He's, it just really makes his day. Is today it's, Sarcastic Thursday? Is that what it is? It's headphone guy that bothers me the most. Hey, right. They're like, They're like, all right, see you. And they take the headphones and just... I'm just, just going to talk for 10 more seconds, man. <laughs> just, just hang sit in still, there. everybody. <laughs> well, There's always somebody that outranks you. You're like the president of the mm, college. or something. Okay, whatever you want. Bye. That's right. Yeah. Well, and that's it's just a thing. You know, like, that's an inside radio. walk in front radio. of my camera shot on the way out. <laughs> it's an inside radio thing, and people just don't think of it, you know. I've never sat in your chair, so they just don't right. know. Never, just don't know. I need to roll a mile in my chair. <laughs> <clears throat> that would be interesting to know. Like, if you sat in a chair and literally rolled down the road for one mile, would the wheels hold up? That ought to be like one of those tests well, they put them test. through, right? Stress test. Okay, so <clears throat> if you're watching on, excuse me, that's another one. You're supposed to hit the cough button when you clear your throat. I don't fool with it. <laughs> I should. If you're watching on Twitter or Facebook, here are the numbers. Call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. Divini Equipment, Madison and Jackson, the Divini Equipment phone line. If you want to text me, do so. The text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Feel free to text. I'm going to get to some of y'all. Nick and P-Town and Norman and everybody coming to you. I do want to raise a question real quick, though. What do you think about this? Dan Mullen, now the head coach at Florida, wants to change. He didn't like the scheduling rotation in the SEC. Don't roll your eyes just because I look for every opportunity to go on and on about this. (laughs) But this is something I'm passionate about. I don't even really know why. Listen to this quote yesterday in Dan Mullen's press conference and see what you think about it. I'm going to come back around to it in just a sec. Dan Mullen said, in the league, meaning the SEC, I think we should mix up the league schedule more, to be perfectly honest with you. He said, if you look over the next six years, we, Florida, play Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State one time. And his quote says, So who's the SEC teams? (laughs) Just like I've said here before. When you take somebody from the other division opposite you in the SEC and they rotate onto your schedule once every seven years. Seven. They're not even in your conference. They might as well not even be in the same conference. The, the name signed at the bottom of your revenue-sharing check is the same. That's the only thing you share. With you ain't in the same conference. If you play each other once every seven years, much less, say seven, if it's five or six, depending on how it works with the you know, cross-division thing, every 12 years you go to their stadium. Every 12 years. 
Florida, the current rotation. Florida came to Mississippi State in 2018. They will come back in 2030. It is laughable that anybody thinks that's a good idea. Lots of good, smart people. Well-intentioned. Hearts in the right place. How in the world could they sit around a table and somebody look at that and go, it's a good idea. <laughs> Just because it's not. Um, real quick, too. Chris brought up Auburn's pass defense. Uh, Auburn statistically, okay, four games. Auburn is number two in the SEC in rush defense. Only giving up 89 yards a game rushing. Georgia's number one in the SEC, giving up 57 yards rushing a game. Auburn number two, rush defense. Surprisingly, look, Ole Miss's rush defense is number four in the conference right now. Less than 100 yards a game. State's way on down there at number nine after playing uh, Kansas State, giving up 143 yards rushing a game. State has given up six rushing touchdowns. Only Kentucky and Tennessee have allowed more so far. But on and pass defense, Auburn is they are number nine in the league. Passing defense, giving up 227 yards per game. Just ahead of Kentucky, Arkansas, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. So they've given up a ton in the air. State's pass defense a little better. So that brings me right over here to this text from Nick. And then I'm coming to you, Bobby. Nick on the text line at 885-ESPN says, 100% Stevens isn't beating Auburn this year. State's defense isn't good enough. No sense in getting him injured further. Save him until Tennessee. What do you think about that? That's Nick on the text line. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone. Bobby hanging on in Jackson. Bobby, what's up? Bobby. Hey, man. Matt, how you doing? Just right. What's up? I'm traveling, and I'm actually going through the tunnel here in Mobile, so I hope I don't lose you. Okay. But if I'll speed up real quick, see if I can get through it. <laughs> Listen, i got to ask you a question. Do you okay. know this Brooks guy, Brooks Show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris Brooks. He comes on uh, uh, ESPN uh, 105.9 The called, Zone before I do. I, I called you the other day, and I made a comment. I thanked you on how you constantly, you and the early morning show and ball, fine ball, I listened to the Brooks show this morning for two solid hours. I've been on the road since 7.30. I listened to him for two solid hours. He never one time in two hours ever gave out a phone call, a text, a tweeter, uh, how to write me, how to contact me. Is that not just protocol? I mean, <laughs> part, of these, part of these shows are, are, are your listener interactions with the host. If I I wouldn't know I wouldn't know any way possible how to get in touch with Chris Brooks show, text him, call him, write him, uh, uh, parachute into him. <laughs> he never in two hours, not in in a two hour segment. And if Chris Brooks says that's a lie, tell him go back and listen to it. Okay. And there were one or two spots where he dropped off because of bad connection, but I got right back on the purpose this morning was to see would he ever give out a number or text line or whatever. And for two solid hours, that guy, you tell him he's got one listener. I'm a, as soon as the early morning.
morning show's over, I'm going to cut him off, and I'm going to cut you on at, at 12 o'clock. <laughs> I, Number one show in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> okay. I, I, who, who is? Uh, no, that was that was a soundbite from Chris Brooks. I don't know if he was saying his show or some oh. other show. I I really don't know, but we have a, bu- a bunch of his sound bites on the soundboard. Here's what I'll tell you, Bobby. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Let, let's do two things. One, I'm going to check with Chris and see if he's aware of it, first of all. Two, when you get out of the tunnel and you're on the bridge. I'm and out. You, I'm out. Okay, I'm out. go. I'm go out. You're, he's out of the tunnel at Mobile. Go across the bridge there at Mobile Bay. Pull over. Put yep. a message in a bottle to Chris Brooks and drop it in Mobile Bay. That's how you're going to get it. That's how you're going to get it. That's how you're going to get it. Or I'm going to catch one of these pigeons. I'm going to catch one of these pigeons that are sitting on the bridge, and I'm going to tie a note to him so I can get into him. Make that sure it's is, a stool, That pigeon. is I will. Anyway, just tell him that one of his listeners okay, is, is that he's not listening to him anymore because that is a horrible <laughs> cast. You and Paul Feinbaum and, and the early morning show. Y'all, y- y'all speak those numbers and facts. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you were just talking about your your etiquette on if you call, if you got to press his button. That guy needs to learn a little uh, radio <laughs> etiquette. Okay. Every, just like maybe once an hour. Tell him right. to start off with once an hour, <laughs> okay. say a number. Okay, And then Bobby. maybe the second hour, give him a text line. Okay. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> I don't want you to take your shirt off. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Dynamite drop in. Let's go to Lynn listening in Pontotoc, the hometown of Mr. Roger, who makes this show happen. What's up, Lynn? Hey, man. How you doing today? Just right. All right. Well, uh, first off, I agree about the scheduling on the SEC deal. That's that's just silly. We should mm-hmm. we should do it like the Big 12's doing it, I think, or something. I, I don't agree. know. But the way we're doing it don't work well. But uh, I, I was wondering, come come the Auburn game this weekend. I'm, I mean, I just play a little high school football. I ain't no football expert or nothing. But it seems to me there ain't but one way we can really beat that team. And that is if we absolutely sell out to stop the run and make their quarterback beat us in the air. And and the hard part I, about I that, Lynn, right the the tough part about that, it's not all that far out of whack. Um, the tough part about it, they do have at least one. They got several good re- receivers, Eli Stove, but they have one guy, that Schwartz kid, who he will be the fastest player on the field, and you have to respect it. But. Your theory of if you beat them, it will be a team that stops them from running the ball. You are exactly right about that, Lynn. Hey, and listen, I'm I'm sorry the music has started though. We got a split, okay? You good, man. Appreciate the show, man. Yeah. Thank you. Call me back anytime. All right, all right. I think he's right. That's the formula to beat them. It's just it's easy to say it. It's hard to do it because they really have a lot going on in that run game, a lot of motion and side to side stuff. We'll talk about it in hour two of the show coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.